In this week's episode, you will meet Maurice. She defines herself as a global citizen with a French passport and a multicultural background. Mother of three, actually living in the Netherlands. She will share with us how she reinvented herself from a PhD in chemistry to an academic research publisher, how she challenged herself running marathons, and how she works to be true to herself. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to another episode of She Rocks Global. I'm Rabisa, all the way from a cold Cape Town. Hello, Maka. Where are you today? Hello, Navisa. I'm in Maldonado in Uruguay, South America, in a gray winter day. Looking forward to our conversation with this amazing guest we have today. Well, we have a guest who's sitting in a third country, third continent, Maris Elliott. Welcome to an episode of She Rocks Global. Hi, Navisa. Hi, Maka. Thank you very much for the invitation. Hi. Where are you sitting today? I'm in uh, sunny <laughs> The Hague uh, in the Netherlands and um, yeah, that's where I live and I've been living there for 21 years, uh, but originally I'm from Paris, France, and although I do have a French passport, I would say I don't consider myself French, <laughs> I consider myself more of a citizen of the world global. So I think I'm fitting pretty nicely to this podcast, right? Absolutely. <laughs> you rock as a global citizen. And so before we even ask all the questions in terms of what it means to be a global citizen, what it means to have a French passport and live somewhere else, and I think many other questions, can you tell us a little bit about yourself before we actually go into the conversation so that our audience has a context of who Maris is? Okay, yeah, sure. So, Marie's Elliot, yeah, that's my name. Um, well, I would say, interestingly, the name Elliot, although, you know, as I said, I'm French or French passport, I've lived in France. Elliot is from my grandfather, who was English, who moved to, well, who moved, who went to Africa, Togo, and that's where my dad was born. And so I do have this kind of multi diverse cultural background in the sense that uh, my dad is from Africa, England, and my mom on my mom's side, it's um, France and the Caribbean, the French Caribbean. So that's kind of me very, this is very important. I'm sure we would go touch on that, you know, this kind of multicultural background that I've always, yeah, lived with. And uh, <clears throat> I studied in France, in Paris, I studied chemistry did a PhD in chemistry. I wanted to, it was my kind of alternative path, um, you know, instead of becoming a doctor, which was my dream as a child to save lives, except that I realized that I was a bit too scared of blood and, <laughs> and things like that. So I thought, okay, I need to change uh, so my, 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 my professional dream. So I thought, okay, chemistry, I just enjoy chemistry. On molecules fascinating. And then my plan was to work in a pharmaceutical company, in a way saving lives, but you know, with drugs. <laughs> um, and so I did that. So I got my PhD, did a postdoc in the US, California. And uh, I would say, interestingly, that's also where I actually realized that chemistry, or I would say maybe in the bigger picture, research academic research wasn't so much my thing. I thought it was a bit 
the dedication that you have to that you should have or as a researcher was something quite overwhelming for me because uh, I was very interested in all kind of things in all kind of subjects you know whether it was science but also other other topics so that's when I, I took the time also to reflect on what I wanted to do which kind of coincided at the same time when I had my first child and uh, with my ex-husband we then moved to the to the Netherlands so it was really a time of reevaluating what I wanted to do professionally, but also in my life, becoming a mother. So that was a lot of transformation going on. But luckily, I would say, um, professional, professionally, I found a very nice kind of jump from going from research to uh, what has been since um, working in academic publishing. So that's what I've been doing for almost 17 years, and that's what I'm still doing now uh, for Amsterdam University Press. And uh, what else? And since there have been two more children, so I have three children. Um, and last weekend, I celebrated my last year in my 40s. So that's also something quite uh, <laughs> interesting for me to think about. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Thank you so much. I love that um, you're celebrating the year before the milestone. So many of us think that it's the, the round number that we celebrate, the fact that you acknowledge that you're completing a phase into the next. It seems as if you've been very aware of processes in terms of beginnings and ends, um, in terms of also how your life has changed, in terms of going to different parts of the world and different things in your careers. How do you navigate your way through transformation and what is transformation for you? What is transformation? Sorry, Lovis, I didn't get the, the last part. How do you navigate transformation? And maybe additionally, how, how, what is transformation for you? Maybe what I'm trying to get at is, what does it mean for you when you transform? Yeah, well, I think, you know, back to what I said earlier, the fact that I grew up in this kind of multicultural background, you know, meaning that my families were in Africa, in England, in Germany, in you know, everywhere. So I kind of got already that sense at an early age of, you know, the fact that, yeah, I'm in France, but the world, I mean, the world is as this, all those possibilities, you know, I don't have to be stuck in the country that I am. Um, and that kind of followed up with my studies being in research or doing, you know, studies like, kind of like a PhD, Immediately, it was also this kind of opening to the world. Okay, you know, what, what, what am I going to do? Oh, I could go to the US. So it's transformation in the sense that not limiting myself to, okay, I'm in Paris, I'm going to have a job in Paris, I'm going to have a family in Paris, and everything just, you know, being at this one uh, focus. And then <clears throat> the same with the fact that I had to reevaluate my also my studies. I thought that, yeah, I enjoy my PhD, but I also could feel deep down that it was there was something that was missing. I I love my PhD topic, but overall I felt like I, I almost felt like, yeah, it would be a fraud or some kind of you know the imposter syndrome, but I could continue, continue because okay, I'm kind of I managed pretty well so far, but something was missing. And I guess I was kind of, yeah, well, I don't know, but brave, but I, I just, 
I didn't have any choice basically to just say, well, no, I can't continue like that. The fact that I had my child at, this, at that time, it, you know, it allowed me to pause in a way that was actually probably uh, the best thing that happened, that I could have that time to reflect and then to decide, okay, now what am I going to do next? And it was a matter of, okay, thinking, yeah, but you haven't studied all those years <laughs> chemistry for nothing. And, and I was still very much into science, very interested in science. So it was, a, a, for me, my, my objective was to kind of transform my, my knowledge, my training, and apply it to something where it could be useful. And that's where I found academic publishing um, was actually a best, uh, the best fit. Um, not having to be focusing on just one topic, but on the contrary, to be really exposed to def different communities, etc. So I think, yeah, that's how I managed my transformation in, in various aspects. And what would you say to a, a woman that is trying to reinvent herself um, and it's fighting with this imposter syndrome that we all have and we all suffer? Now that you reinvent yourself successfully, and I, I feel for by what you are saying that, you know, you have all the, like a very wide uh, universe of alternatives. What would you say to, to a woman that is on the same path? Well, I think, yeah, it's a, it's a mix of, well, obviously <laughs> to, 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 to try, to, to give it a try. Um, because before I started doing finding publishing, academic publishing, I started, I worked as a customer service in Amazon for six months where I was surrounded by pe people in their 20s and I was already like, you know, 30. And so I thought it was, it's, yeah, it's about taking some risk, I guess. And I'm certainly not the best person. I, I'm not good at that, taking risk. I've always had some kind of fear about, oh yeah, but you know, it's really unknown. But I guess looking back, clearly taking risk thinking, okay, that's maybe not for me at this moment, but it will lead to something else or be patient, become, be um, not confident, but yeah, to, to, to give it a try and um, that it will work out. So it's also a bit of optimism that I think I have, I have very much in me that I'm, I'm trying to be positive in, in situations in general that, yeah, it will work out, but yeah, you see, you have to try first and maybe the first attempt won't work. Um, but that's, in my case, that's how it works. I would say, yeah, give it a go. But I think this deep feeling that you have, I think that's what was really strong is really listen to that voice, to, to that feeling, you know, in your body, like there's something wrong. The voice that tells you, yeah, but you know, yeah, you, you don't like chemistry as much as you... <laughs> <laughs> people may think you do. So it's about also being honest, saying, yeah, I had a great time, but now it's time to move on to something else. So honesty also with yourself, I would say. Which is interesting because it almost sounds like you're saying for you, transformation is actually a journey around being honest to yourself and about yourself. And so pivoting a little bit I'm looking at I'm going to try to paint a picture for our listeners I'm looking at your background and um, over your one shoulder we see a number of medals of different colors and different ribbons attached to them and then on your uh, behind your other shoulder are three books that are propped up that kind of jumped at me one by Toni Morrison 
one by Maya Angelou and one by Nelson Mandela. I'm trying to connect those two things that I'm seeing over your shoulders. Is there anything that you can connect for us in terms of what's going on in your background? <laughs> That's actually funny because I, at the last minute before we had the podcast, I changed side of my computer. Normally I have just plants behind me and you may have seen those in Wabisa before. Just plants to kind of give this kind of peaceful atmosphere, but the light was pretty strong. So I thought, okay, this is the best. <laughs> and then of course, then you see the other side on, on my living room. And yeah, I think, well, certainly if we start with the books, I mean, Maya Angelou, Toni Morrison, Mandela, Simone Veil is the other one. Simone Veil is a very um, strong French uh, woman figure. Um, she is the one who allowed, uh, <clears throat> ooh, my voice, <laughs> who um, was very instrumental in the, the legislation of abortion in France. Uh, she was a Holocaust survivor. So, and, you know, I mean, when you see all those portraits, those books, for me, they are, in a certain way, mentors, you know, not people that I've known personally, unfortunately, <laughs> I really wish, uh, but they are those people that, you know, reading their stories, their, their, their struggles, their, their, I mean, I've always been, you know, of course impressed, but it also allowed me to, you know, to have that kind of optimism that I mentioned earlier. It's about, you know, life can be tough. Life, you know, we all have struggles. We all have bad things happening. But when you read those stories, when you know about those people, I mean, you know, it gives you a certain strength and yeah, it's some kind of mentors. They're fictional mentors for me. Uh, but they also help me, they guide me, you know, besides, of course, my network of friends and family. Um, so those names, those, they are really important to me. Um, and then on the, <laughs> the medals, well, yeah, it's, they are running. So I'm, I'm a runner. And so I run marathons and lately I've been doing, I've been running even longer distances than marathons or so like 80 kilometers, for instance. <laughs> Wish I won't do it again. I don't think so. <laughs> but I think for me, it's also, it's maybe another way to, to see where my limitations are, to, 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 to test myself and to see how far can I go, can my body goes, go. Um, mentally, of course, we all know that, you know, running marathons, you know, um, you need to have some kind of mental strength, not just the physical in the, in the legs, but it's very much mental. And I guess for me, it's also very important to, to running is important, not only for the well-being and the, you know, physical aspects, but it's, it has been very important to me to, to realize, you know, that I've been able to run those, those, those races to, to achieve them. And it gives me this kind of extra strength, which means that sometimes if I don't feel, I feel a bit low, as we all do, and, or I doubt about myself, that I'm being reminded, hey, look at those medals. You know, you've been, you've been able to do it. You went to the end. I mean, I don't care about the time that it took me to, to run a marathon. It varies from yeah, my mood or what my training, but I, I finished them. And for me, finishing something is the achievement that, you know, is enough. And, and so that's, that's something I can apply to other things in my life that, okay, it can be hard, 
or I'm maybe not sure, but let's give it a go and, and try to finish it. So, yeah. <laughs> Which is great because basically you're telling us that you're the strongest person in the world in terms of your physicality, your mental fortitude and your spiritual sense. So then I have to ask the question, what frightens you? Yeah, I'm not the strongest person at all. No, no, no. I just know where my strength is. You know, that's I think that's what it is. And, and this strength comes with practice. You know, running is practice. And that's also something that I've learned, you know, all the way. When I was doing my chemistry, my chemistry PhD, it's all about practice, but doing the, the same thing over and over again. But the many areas in my life or things that I haven't got to practice because I'm afraid, because <laughs> I'm a, you know, there's a certain fear of the unknown. Um, you know, I can give you a few examples. I'm, I'm, so I've, I've, I'm a certified yoga instructor. I've, I've done the training of yoga, becoming a yoga instructor, because I, yeah, it's something that I really like for myself. But I thought when I was in that mode of, okay, you know, I would like to even help people to give them the benefits of the, you know, what yoga can, 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 can bring. So I thought, okay, I, I have first to be a, you know, to, to train, to get the certification. But then once I got it, I really freaked out because I was like, okay, then what's next? I need to set up, uh, you know, um, a freelance, I, I need to, from the administrative point, I need to do all kind of things. And then, do I have to open a studio with what kind of money or so the whole, basically the whole commercial aspect of it just freaked me out. Um, because yeah, <laughs> I know it, it, it goes back to some personal things with, you know, money of with, yeah, the unknown, just being afraid, being doing it on my own as well. That's something. So, so that's something that I've kind of put, you know, on, uh, um, yeah, to put to sleep, let's put it that way. That So I basically got the certification, but I, I haven't really explored that further. Uh, and, I, you know, same thing with writing. I would like to to write a book about some aspects of my, my life or life in general. And I love writing, so I do some writing. But again, this, the process of writing a book can scare me. And I know, it, you know, I know from other people that it is a bit normal, but... I find those things stop me. And, and this is where I don't have that strength, you know, of, of trying to go and finish it. I just stop it. So, you know, <laughs> those are my fears and I need to work on them. You know? So let's see what, you know, in a few years times, what, where we'd be. I have a partner that he always says that it was easy. Everybody would do it. Like, uh, you know, for, for a start that it's not easy and you, you, but on the other hand, I feel through this conversation that you know that you're going to achieve it as you achieve your marathons, as you achieve your reinvention. Um, you're also a mother. Like, uh, I don't know, but it seems like you take time to rethink your stuff, to redesign your life, to restart again. Um, I don't know, but uh, maybe can you relate your academic um, background with this of designing your life and, and, like, for example, this thing about, about writing, now you stop, but you know you, you are going to continue. How do you relate or how do you use your academic tools in your personal life? Yeah, I think, that, yeah, thank you, Maka. That's a good question. I think 
Certainly, although, as I said, I'm not, I don't do research anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful for those years of, uh, valuable years of basically learning. You know, the, there have been, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for now? It escapes me. Formative, formative years in terms of learning to be patient. You know, when you do research, you, you, it's not like you do an experiment and off we go, it will work. So patience, you know, but also be, uh, yeah, optimist about it will, you know, just try, just keep working on it. So I think that's very much from my academic background that I got that then later on I applied for with other things. So it's really, yeah, don't give up basically, <laughs> just give it a try. So what I, and with the writing, what I've been doing, and I think at least I'm doing a bit something is I write little essays, you know, short things, short text. Sometimes I can go through a phase of saying, okay, right, today I'm just going to write 500 words. Uh, but I have to do it, you know, on a daily basis. And I see that by day 10 or 20, it just goes more easily. Um, so yeah, practice, practice, practice. That's for me, you know, practice, determination and, and certainly, uh, yeah, don't, not giving up. That's, that those have always been helpful for me and, and to be positive, which, you know, is also important. So for me, what I'm also hearing is that in order to, you know, be determined and to never give up and to stay positive, it sounds like you're then a curious person. And so given your curiosity and given your background, if you could study anything all over again and research all over again, what would that topic be? Ah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, I've been asking myself that question many times and the thing is, before chemist, before doing studying chemistry, I wanted to actually study languages because I was just again fascinated with the world. is such a you know it's big, it's huge, and I just wanted to. I was curious about the idea of communicating with to, to people with in their language. So I wanted to be a you know either interpreter or this kind of things for many for quite some time, but then you know. At home, I was raised in this kind of rational, no, you have to do something that we provide, you know, do a good job. That <laughs> and languages wasn't seen as something, you know, um, that would help. But anyway, I'm, as I'm thinking in the last few years, something that I'm very interested in, in general, is psychology. Psychology and, and, and yeah, psychology, but also neuroscience, so basically the study of the brain which it goes together, psychology, neuroscience. And sometimes I'm thinking, yeah, that would be pretty cool to study. You know, we have, of course, all the developments that, that, you know, that we have now about psychology. And, and again, it's always about people. I think for me, that's, that's a constant trait in my, in my path, professional path, but also the way I am as a person is about people, connecting to people, um, understanding people, what's in their mind. Uh, that's what I really like about psychology. Like, you know, why do they react that way? Why do they see that? So that's, that's something that, I'm, you know, if I can't study that anymore, and I know you can always study, but I'm I certainly, I read a lot of books on psychology. And, uh, yeah. and I'm, I'm actually pleased that my daughter is considering maybe doing some studies in psychology. So I haven't said anything. I haven't, you know, influenced that. But she, she's also interested, so that's good. 
what advice would you give to uh, Maris on her 20s if you could be able to go back? What would you say to yourself? Oh, well, I, I, I don't think, I think I would do what I've done. <laughs> Just, yeah, go for it. <laughs> Just go for it. I think, you know, that's what I've been, you know, it's it basically doing what feels good, what, what works with you. And so that's what I've been, chemistry was working until, until it didn't work. And that's when I'm like, okay, now what's next? What, what would be good for you? Oh, I would like to travel. I don't want to be stuck in a lab. I want to travel. And that's when I did my um, postdoc in the US. So it's, we go back to this reevaluating constantly, you know, yourself. But I think going back, that's kind of what I've done. I said, okay, let's go for it. Let's try. Still, I was still doing that in my kind of comfort zone because I knew, you know, that I wouldn't do something that was way too scary for me. Um, which I know some other people and I admire them for that, you know, when they do have some crazy or <laughs> pretty challenging uh, dreams and they, they just say, yeah. So I, I was always reevaluating within my own kind of comfort, but knowing that, it, yeah, probably it would lead to something interesting, something different. So I, I guess that's, I would probably do the same again which for me is the sign of a, a life well-lived or a life lived in purpose. And so thank you for sharing that with us. And so our final question is, what makes you rock? What makes me rock? Um, well, I guess, well, first of all, to be, well, well to, have, to have learned over the years to, to be, True to myself, and we, we talked about that earlier, to be, yeah, to, to really be honest with myself. And I believe that all the things that I do are, yeah, they, they, they ring true. It has not always been the, the case, oh, definitely not. But I find as I age, probably it has also to do with <laughs> maturity and approaching the, the 5-0, uh, <laughs> that for me, yeah, over the years, I found that I'm becoming more and more the, the Marie is the, the me, the, the, the real me, or, or a better version of, of Marie's as, as I, you know, as I ish. Um, and so that in itself is, 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 is always, of course, uh, satisfying. Um, and I guess the other, well, very important aspect of my life is that I'm a mother, a mother of three. And, uh, and, you know, I mean, for me, having children has been very, um, not rewarding, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, it has brought so much in my life and it's, you know, it's not about yourself anymore. It's about, yeah, you, you know, those extension of yourself. Um, so it's, yeah, it's also, it's, it's a learning experience. It's, it's, it's comes with, I mean, it's a, it's a lot, it's love, unconditional love. That's what it is. Uh, it, it has been for me with my children and, uh, and they give me that love back, you know, in tons and tons. So that makes me happy. That makes me wake up always with a smile and, and do the other things that I like in, in my life. So, yeah. And, you know, I mean, the other things that, yeah, rock, that make me rock is, um, yeah, the running is certainly something big for me. And, uh, 
but I've also tried to, to, to do new things. And as you know, Nuabisa have been lately, or I mean, last year, last winter, I was very much into swimming in the cold water. And uh, that, <laughs> yes, Maka, I know. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. Um, so I guess it's, it's... You're so brave, my dear. Come on. No need to swim in the cold water. Come on. It's, 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 Again, it's my little attempts, but it's always going back to, okay, this seems pretty scary for me and for yeah for you as well when I say that. But it's about okay, well, let's give it a try, you know. <laughs> and then it turns out that I enjoyed it. I never imagined that I would say I love swimming in the cold water. I haven't swam this summer because it's too warm for me. The water is too warm, and you know, so. Those are all those little things, you know, in life that, yeah, I think I'm, I'm always kind of trying to be grateful for. Uh, and, and, and those, I think, help me to, to, to rock in my work or, or just being a mother or, yeah. You do rock. Thank you so much for your time. Maka, any last thoughts? Um, be grateful. I think that's a great advice for everybody always. Congratulations, Maris, because you need to be very brave to reinvent the way you did and to be so honest and true to yourself. I want to read that book when it comes out, so be sure to let us know once it's published. Be patient, please. Be patient. <laughs> Definitely. We will be patient. Uh, thank you for, with, for the, your time. Um, behind the scenes, we need to re record and restart this episode several times. So thank you, Maurice, for your patience. Um, and well, we'll see you next episode. Thank you, Navisa. Thank, thank you, you Maka. Thank you very much, Navisa. And thank you, Maurice. Until next time, keep rocking, everyone. Keep rocking. Keep rocking. <laughs>SheRocks Global is a podcast that showcases the stories of perfectly imperfect women from around the world. Should you be or know someone whom you think we should be talking to, please contact us through our Facebook or Instagram or Twitter channels. Handle SheRocks Global. Hashtag SheRocks. Until next time, keep rocking.